Today's episode is brought to you by BCS Wealth Management. BCS Wealth Management is an independent financial planning and investment management company headquartered right here in Johnson City. What's great about BCS Wealth Management is that they're 100% independent, which means there's no big company in New York pulling the strings. BCS Wealth Management is also a fiduciary, which is just a fancy way of saying that they're bound by law to do what's in your best interest. Not everyone who works in financial services is a fiduciary. These folks are. So whether you're in need of a financial plan to keep you on track with your goals, if you're an individual needing a checkup on your personal investments, or a business owner needing an evaluation of your company's retirement plan and other benefits, the highly trained team at BCS Wealth Management is ready to help. Hey friends, and welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we talk about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City, Tennessee a lovely place to live. I'm your host, Leighton Hart, and I wanted to say thanks as always for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends. I keep hearing from new people that they're tuning in, and it makes me really happy to hear that more and more people are getting to hear the stories that their neighbors are sharing here on the podcast. All right, I have one favor to ask. Will you take a minute to rate and review the podcast? All of the podcast search engines will put Johnson City Living in front of more eyeballs if we're constantly getting more ratings and reviews. So it's very helpful to us when you do those things. So thank you for taking a minute to do that. Also, thanks again to BCS Wealth Management for sponsoring the show. If you have a business that you'd like to get in front of our listeners, I've got one other sponsorship coming available soon. So shoot me a message at news at johnsoncityliving.com. That's news at johnsoncityliving.com. And let's figure something out. All right, today's guest is Maggie Wood. Maggie and her husband are relatively new to Johnson City, but they haven't wasted any time digging in and making a contribution to our fine city. Maggie is the executive director of A Step Ahead Foundation Tri-Cities, a nonprofit that helps prevent unplanned pregnancy by connecting women with long-acting, reversible contraception regardless of their ability to pay. I learned a lot from my chat with Maggie, including some of the economic and public health consequences of unplanned pregnancy and the barriers that stand between a lot of women and the support that they need. You'll also want to tune in to hear how Maggie and her husband discovered Johnson City. It's a really cool story. And you'll hear about the moment they knew that this would be their new home. You've got to hear it. Here's our interview with Maggie Wood. Maggie Wood, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to have you here. We're going to dive into what you do and how you spend your time. I have one quick question for you. Yes. It's kind of the elephant in the room. And I'm, I'll am i be the first to tell you that I'm a huge fan of Johnson City, uh-huh. a big advocate. It's a fantastic place to live. But you moved here from Santa Cruz, California. Is we that did. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a place a lot of people are trying to get to. That's true. Uh, so... <laughs> Walk us through how you got here. Yeah. So my husband and I were, we met living in Silicon Valley and we ended up moving to Santa Cruz for my work. Um, we had our daughter in that time, okay. Philly. And uh, and I, we were both working and we had a kiddo and we were commuting really long distances and we were far away from family. We have family here in Tennessee. Uh, we have family in Texas and Indiana. Um and through the course of working, the um, startup that my husband was at went bankrupt, and he started his own firm. He kind of hung his own shingle. Cool. And um, 
we had been talking about leaving California for a long time. I'm actually from California. I grew up in California. Okay. Never thought I would leave, but my husband is a very out-of-the-box thinker, and he was like, we should, you know, move where life is easier yeah. and where we can enjoy life and where we can slow down and where we can be closer to family. And through all these conversations, it just kind of became, like, known that we would eventually leave California. Okay. You know, the cost of living was so high. When you have kiddos, especially when they're young, you kind of want to be closer to grandparents. You want to be closer to aunts and uncles and yep. all that good stuff. So the timing really presented it, itself when my, the company my husband was at went bankrupt, which, you know, super common with Silicon yeah. Valley lifestyle. Absolutely. Um, but instead of diving back into that, he hung his own shingle. And we had this really great opportunity where... I got pregnant again, and I was like, well, maybe I kind of want to slow down. Yeah. And John was like, okay, well, let's take this time to really figure out where we want to settle. Yeah. Where do we want to raise our family? We had a list um, of things that we really, really wanted from the community, um, and we tried to be really intentional about it. We wanted to be within driving distance of family. We wanted to be close to nature. We wanted somewhere where there was a solid public school system, where there was a really big sense of community. We loved the idea of living in a college town. Um so we had this list of places, and we kind of went through it kind of methodically um, and and really looked at where we wanted to settle. And my husband has spent a lot of time in Tennessee. Um, he has a lot of extended family here and would spend summers actually in middle Tennessee. And um, Johnson City just popped up on our radar um, just through kind of looking around Tennessee. Yeah. You know, we looked at Boone. We looked at Asheville. Yeah. But as I said, my husband is very out-of-the-box thinker and was like, let's go where no one is going. Yeah. I don't want to go somewhere that's on a list because that's already yeah. – past yeah. you know um and we we just stumbled upon johnson city and it hit every single thing that we were looking for every yeah. single thing on our list and you know this was not an easy decision i can't tell you and it's such a privileged thing to say but like <laughs> moving our daughter away from the ocean i was oh, like yeah. really sad you know yeah. we, she became quite the um tide pool kind of like connoisseur yeah. like yep. she knew all the different stuff and i was like this is so great from her but we kept talking we we're like we're gonna live what, 20 minutes from a beautiful national park? We're going to yeah. live 30 minutes from the AT? Like, you know, there's rivers and creeks in Tennessee. Um, and if we want to be in nature, we can be in nature regardless of where we go. Yeah. So John came out here fall of 2017, or maybe it was closer to uh, Thanksgiving. Came out here, looked around, and I remember he called me driving down Main Street. He called me and he was like, it's dark. I just got into town, but this is where we're going to live. Oh, my god! This is it. I can tell. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. That's great. You know, yeah. um, we uh, and then we came back here in the spring, the three of us. Um, I was like 20 weeks pregnant with August. Can I pause you right there? So yeah. when he makes that phone call. Yeah. And he says, this is the place. Yeah. Do you remember what he was describing to you when he said that? Yeah, well, he was describing downtown, the beautiful brick buildings. He described he had flown into Charlotte. Uh -huh. He described driving up and over the mountains and yeah. into Johnson City. I think it was sunset. Yeah. You know, it was sometime in the late fall. So it was a beautiful time of year to be yep. here. Um, and he was, and you know, at, at a certain point, you just have to follow your gut. I yeah. think it was a gut thing. He was like, this is it. You yeah. know, this is the place. Um, and okay. we hadn't even met another person who lived in this oh, wow. town yet. Yeah. Um, and so he looked at houses, came back home. Um, we came back here in the spring um, and we looked at houses. We met some people we'd met actually over Instagram for yeah. coffee. Love, you know, everyone we met was lovely. Yeah. Our realtor was super helpful. We loved the neighborhood that we were looking and we just jumped. We found a house and we bought it. And yeah. I think we closed, we were here March 2nd, 3rd. Okay. And we moved in May 5th. Okay. 
and we've lived here ever since. So when you're when you're <laughs> having that conversation with yeah. people back in California, oh, yeah. Santa Cruz, what are what are people saying when you're saying we're moving to uh-huh. a place you've never heard of? Well, some people have heard that song. Oh, okay, sure, Wagon Wheel. Wagon Wheel. Of course. Thank you. Right. Yes, of course. So they're like, oh, the song. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought we were nuts. I think all of our parents collectively yeah. um, thought that we were pretty nutty yeah. and have been very relieved to find out that we are like happy and settled and yep. and very very happy that we you know kind of made the leap. But yeah, people thought that we were nuts. But you know when you when you live somewhere where the cost of living is so high and the traffic is so bad and and Santa Cruz is a lovely place and we loved living there. But yeah. you know. Um, it, when you have that those sort of stressors, it's hard. So when yep. you talk to people and you're like, oh, look at the housing prices in this beautiful town where we're living, where there's community and culture and a college town and you're close to the mountains, people are like, I totally get it. Oh, like, yeah. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I would do that except X. I would do that except Y. Yep. My parents live around the block or I'm not as mobile in my job yeah. as you are or I don't have the ability to start my own business because I don't have, you know, an offering in that sort of respect. Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, when you talk, when you really talk about it, I think a lot of people get it. I think some people were like, are you nuts to move away from the ocean? But, you know, (laughs) we're close to the South Carolina beaches. Yeah, exactly. not that bad. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's really (laughs) cool. So it's funny. My brother did a similar thing, like just in the past few weeks. Oh, They they lived in Sunnyvale, California. Oh, yeah. We used to live in Sunnyvale. Okay. Small world. Yeah. Um, I love it. And again, you can have a great life out there, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, they were in a 1,700 square foot mm-hmm. rental house mm-hmm. that, you know, in Johnson City would cost $150,000 out there. It's a $3 million house. You know, it's just, <laughs> and so it's, you have to decide what, what your What's priorities important. are. What's yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and so, yeah, they moved to, they picked Raleigh. So they kind of oh, did cool. the, the same search. Raleigh's that you a cool did. place. We looked at Raleigh too. Yeah. 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 Kind of Holly Springs area, which is kind of uh, yeah. outside. Um, and so now they have, you know, they've got square footage and they've yeah. got um, neighborhood pool and, and all yeah. that stuff that I, I think we kind of take for granted here in, yeah. in East Tennessee. But, um, but yeah, so um, interesting. interesting. But yeah, parallel. I mean, we love it here, Johnson yeah. City. And we really, you know, we have two small kids now, two, almost two and almost five. And, it's the best place to have yeah. young kids. Yeah. It is the easiest, most welcoming community. We have felt nothing but like welcomed and embraced and life is easy. You know, school is, their preschool is three blocks away from our house. Oh, nice. And, you know, we get to walk everywhere. We walk to, down to Dos Gatos. Yeah. And, um, you can be in the mountains in just minutes. Like it's, we feel super lucky. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think it, a, a lot of us don't necessarily, if we've been here for, I've been here for about 20 years oh, and, cool. and we, we tend to forget just how, like, you can be in the top of Buffalo Mountain and, and yeah. where we're sitting right now, what, 15 minutes yeah. you could be looking out over the city. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's, it's special. really a cool place. It's a really special place. Yeah. 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 So you have landed on your feet here yeah. and you have a professional life here too. I do so now. Yeah. Tell me what you do here professionally. Yeah. So I work for a local nonprofit called A Step Ahead Foundation Tri-Cities and we are a group that's working to remove barriers to a certain type of uh, pregnancy prevention, a certain type of birth control called long-acting reversible contraceptives. So we shorten that to LARC, L-A-R-C, because it's just a mouthful. Yeah. So we try to make it less of a mouthful. Um, but LARC is the most effective method of reversible pregnancy prevention. Um, and it's also usually the hardest to get in the sense that it can be prohibitively expensive okay. if you don't have insurance or if your insurance is a grandfathered in policy that doesn't cover pregnancy prevention. Um, or it can just, you know, for certain parts of our community that have transportation difficulties, it can just be hard to get to the doctor. 
Um, or it can be f- harder to find a doctor who places LARC because um, you need additional training as opposed to just writing a prescription. Um, so we try to remove barriers to LARC and help people prevent unintended pregnancy. So unintended pregnancy accounts for over 50% of the pregnancies in all of the state of Tennessee. And that's usually linked to worsening health outcomes for mama and baby. Mm -hmm. It's just harder. Mm -hmm. If you haven't planned your pregnancy, you might not go to the doctor as much. You might not have planned for this baby. So maybe financially you have um, more stressors. Um, Maybe you're not just, I mean, it's hard enough to become a parent. So um, not having the planning and all of the resources can make it infinitely harder. So we try to help people here plan their pregnancies by removing barriers to LARC. Um, And so the main way way that we do that is we um, provide financial assistance to anyone who wants a LARC method. So that's IUDs, the intrauterine device, the hormonal implant Nexplanon. And then we also cover the Depo shot too, which is a shot you get every 90 days um, that's a hormone that prevents pregnancy. Um, So we'll pay for any cost associated with getting uh, any of those three methods, IUDs, Nexplanon, or the Depo shot. And we do that through clinic partnerships Okay. where we um, we partner with local clinics. And instead of sending the bill to the client, they just send the final bill to us. Oh. So we act as what we call payer of last resort. So they just bill us instead of billing the client. Um, and then we pay for transportation as well. So we'll book you a lift if you need a lift or we'll reimburse with a gas card if you need gas money. Um, so we basically make it free yeah. to get LARC. Um, and we also do a uh, comprehensive contraceptive health education in the community for free. Um, especially right now we'll do, we're doing telehealth, obviously, sure. um, we pivoted to all telehealth, all zoom. Um, but we'll do it for any organization who's tr- uh, reaching a population that's trying to prevent unintended pregnancy. And generally we try to offer it kind of more actively to any group of people who's reporting a higher than average rate of unintended pregnancy. Okay. So that for us here is um, anyone who's struggling with opioid use disorder. Okay. Um, about over 70% of babies born with what's called neonatal abstinence syndrome, um, which is when a baby is born um, with a set of uh, symptoms that characterize o- opioid withdrawal. Okay. Um, over 70% of those parents report those babies as unintended. Um, and then our teen population as well. Yeah. It's reported that like three out of four teen parents report their pregnancies as being unintended. Um, and here we have a little bit higher rate of both of those things, babies born with NAS and um, babies born to teen parents than the state average and the national average as well. So are there links to, I'm sure there's links to, to public health consequences of unattended pregnancies in, yes. in those in those groups. And also, I imagine there's economic links yes. also. Yeah. So, I mean, just for starters, um, the majority of parents who become parents when they're teens do not go on to get their high school diploma or GED. So that right there is already limiting their ability of, you know, to get a job, to be economically stable and sound. Um, so, you know, obviously relying more on government dependence, which is a wonderful resource and should be utilized. But if these babies are unintended, we want to help people prioritize their graduation. Right. right? Um, so that right there is already a consequence where, um, you know, we as a community are paying more for resources that could have maybe that money could have been put into prevention, right? I mean, they say like a dollar spent on prevention saves you, what, seven bucks minimum on the back end. Sure. Um, And then also, you know, when you're talking about babies who are being born with NAS, neonatal abstinence syndrome, um, it's very hard, very sad, very scary set of symptoms for these poor babies to deal with, for the family to deal with. It's also a very expensive um, condition to treat. 
you know, re- uh, requiring usually around three weeks stay in the NICU um, and costing a lot of money, around yeah. $65,000 generally, between fifty and sixty, sixty-five dollars um, $65,000. So just right off the bat, that's talking about like the first three weeks of that baby's life is astronomically expensive. Yeah. Um, and then that's not even taking into account the other programs and assistance that that family might need to support that child, what long-term effects they might have from from their NAS birth outcome. Um, still, these are, you know, conditions that are still being monitored and looked at. The state of Tennessee just started following, tracking NAS data about 10 years ago. So okay. now we're seeing children who are in elementary school and they're requiring, you know, greater assistance, um, you know, behavioral difficulties, socio-emotional difficulties um, that require a greater level of assistance. Yeah. Um, so really what we're looking to do is not only... Um, you know, we want to arm our community with the tools that they that they um, need and want uh, to be able to plan their lives and plan their pregnancies for their benefit, for the health of their family, and then for the health of our community as well. You know, because we're all responsible for for taking care of each other, right? Yeah. In this wonderful town that we live in, um, we get to take responsibility for everyone, and that means that everyone gets to access the same resources. In, in an easy manner, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so IUDs, take IUDs. So IUDs are the number one choice of pregnancy prevention for women in medicine. Okay. That tells you something right there about that they're a great method, right? Yeah. Well, female doctors we know are going to know the most about their pregnancy prevention methods. Um, but when you, when you look at studies that have been done about the accessing LARC, especially in rural communities where there are all sorts of other barriers, right? Transportation barriers, knowledge barriers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's not the method that's being utilized by the general public. Okay. There are very small percentages of the general public who are using LARC. Yeah. Even though if you work in medicine or you work in my job, <laughs> you know yeah. you know how great these methods are. So yeah. that's what we're really trying to do by focusing on LARC is just level the playing field for everyone. Yeah. Many insurances cover LARC. Like yeah. if you have general day-to-day insurance through your job or whatnot, you probably will get, could get an IUD for free. Okay. But if you are in that bracket of people whose job doesn't provide them with health insurance, but you don't qualify for 10 care, right. you're looking at maybe $15,000, um, $1,500, excuse me, I said that, $1,500 yeah. um, for between the the device, insertion, the testing that you're needed, the consultation that you get with your doctor to talk through all of your methods that you have, all of your options. Um, I mean, that's prohibitively expensive. Yeah, especially... that's a non-starter for most people. And especially we're talking about people who are in a, in a spot where yes. you don't have the type of work where you get insurance on the job. And yes. so you may be hourly. You may be, it, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I that's just there's just no way. Yeah. There's just no way that that's affordable. Yeah. So that's where we come in. Um, you can, you know, you can call us. You can go to our website. Um, we... Uh, we we really try to make it as easy as possible for people to not have to worry about the financial part because that's the thing like many people don't have to worry about the financial yeah. um the the financial aspect of making these decisions you just make the decision that you feel is best for yourself and your family and so we're trying to make that a reality for everyone who lives here in this community not just the people who are lucky enough to have good health insurance for their on their job yeah Let's let's. Um, what are some common myths about about using uh, larks? I'm, oh, I'm yeah. thinking. What can you can you use a lark after you've already had a child? Yeah. So that's actually a common myth is that IUDs are better only if you've had a baby. Okay. Which is not the case at all. So 
the American Pediatrics Association actually recommends LARC in general, including IUDs, for teens as the first line of pregnancy prevention. There's a myth that like, oh, it's easier to insert like because your uterus has had a baby and then you have this IUD in your uterus and blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. For teens, I imagine the the most likely on-ramp to birth control would be the pill. Totally. Yeah. The the majority of people who take birth control use the pill. Okay. From from my understanding. Okay. And the pill is great. Um, That's the thing that we try to do when we do this contraceptive, comprehensive contraceptive outreach in the community. We talk about all birth control methods. Yeah. We talk about the pros and cons of all of them because none is perfect. Um, We talk about safe condom usage and STI prevention because none of the LARC methods prevent STIs. And then we talk about NAS, of course, because in our region, that's particularly, um, you know, uh, prevalent public health crisis. Um, So we talk about all methods. And if someone walks out of one of those groups saying, the pill is right for me, I want to go get on the pill, I think that's a win because everyone should be using the method of pregnancy prevention that they feel really excited about. Sure. Um, But there are more common misconceptions about LARC. IUD specifically, because in the 70s, there was a really awful type on the market, the yeah. Dalcon Shield, and a woman died. And it was so awful um, due to a difficulty with the string that is no longer part of the way that they make it. Um, they're now very safe. If you are a person of reproductive ability, your doctor, talk to your doctor about LARC, because yeah. it could be a really great method for you. Um, IUDs are a wonderful option for anyone, regardless of whether or not you've had a baby. There are obviously conditions that might rule you out, such as endometriosis. But again, you know, we're not doctors. I'm not a doctor. Talk to your doctor. Um, The Nexplanon is a great option. It's about a three millimeter long, kind of looks like a matchstick, but it's made of um, bioplastic. So Uh it's bendy and it's inserted right under the skin, kind of next to your tricep, between your bicep and your tricep, usually on your non-dominant arm. And they numb the area. So you basically, all you feel is the um, the prick from the numbing agent. And then they insert it with a needle. kind of looks like a piercing needle. Okay. So it's hollow and the explanon is inside and they just slide it right in. Yeah. And then they slide the needle out. You put a Band-Aid on it. You wrap it up. About 24 hours later, you can take off the Band-Aid. And it's very, very not noticeable. Sure. Um, but you can feel it. So you know if it moves or yeah. breaks, which is highly unlikely, but anything could happen. Um, and Nexplanon is about 99.7% effective at preventing unintended pregnancy. And and just pausing there, I, yeah. I did a little research before you came in. Yeah. And when you talk about 99.7, like yeah. that is basically, it's basically foolproof. You can't say yeah. it's foolproof, but compared to other methods, yes. condom usage and things like that, yes. it, it's, it's, dram- it's dramatically, it's exponentially better yes. than those other methods, correct? Yes. Factoring in user error, yeah. LARC ends up being about 20 times more effective at preventing pregnancy than non-LARC methods, pill yeah. patching condoms. Yeah. Because these methods, you set it and forget it. I mean, yeah. it's placed by a doctor. You usually generally go back a couple weeks or a month out. And the doctor checks it to make sure it's still in the right place. And then you're good for three, five, or 10 years, depending on which method you choose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about the, the the journey of a person who wants yeah. to uh, to to access this method. Yeah. Um, because I, you know I don't know who all listens to the podcast, but uh, most of us, uh, you know, if if we wanted to access this, we could go to our doctors and they sure. would, and they would do it. But how does somebody you know enter your enter yes. your world and access what you what yes. you do? And uh, what you just said reminded me of something in that if someone 
wants to get a lark, but they don't want to use their insurance to access it, yeah. whether that's there's someone who doesn't want the main name on their insurance to know that they're getting birth control, whether it's because they're in a relationship where that would be dangerous for them, yep. whatever their circumstances, there's a box you can check on our disclosure form. Don't bill my insurance. Okay. We won't bill your insurance and we will just pay for it entirely. Yeah. And that's all about just helping people prevent pregnancy and keep their situation safe. Sure. Um, completely confidential and anonymous, of course. We yeah. never share patient information. Yeah. Um, so what you would do is you would call me. The number is 423-415-0277. Or you could go to our website and you can email us or there's a there's like an inquiry box where you can mm -hmm. go and just ask questions, anonymous. Um, and you, you know, we I ask a couple questions like what county you live in. We cover all counties of all eight counties of Northeast Tennessee. Um, and then I help you book an appointment with one of our clinic partners. Okay. Um, we we are partnered here at ETSU Family Medicine. We also work with the Washington County Health Department and the Sullivan County Health Department. And we will soon have our clinic partnership up and running with the Johnson City Community Health Center. Okay. So we have a couple of clinic options. So depending on where you want to go, depending on where you live, where it's most convenient, where we can get you in the soonest, um, we will book you an appointment at one of our partner clinics. And then when you go in, you fill out their paperwork, you fill out our paperwork, which is a one-page disclosure form. And you generally, especially now due to COVID, um, you generally have your consultation appointment and your insertion on the same day. We're trying to eliminate okay. multiple appointments just yeah. to decrease levels of exposure for everyone. Um, and you go and you get your method and in the... Um, the clinic that we're partnered with runs it through any other in insurance or other resources, sliding scale resources that they may have. Okay. Um, and then they bill us for whatever's left over. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to follow up with people, you know, text reminders, follow up, make sure your appointment was, went well, follow up a couple months out, see if you're still happy with your method, if you have any questions, that sort of thing. But I mean, it's pretty, pretty quick and easy. So, so a step ahead, Tri-Cities is still relatively new in yes. the area. Yes. Um, but, but let's say someone comes, they use your service, uh -huh. um, they, they get a device and three years from now, uh -huh. they, they're ready to have a baby. Yeah. So, so you said it is reversible contraception. Yes. So what, what are their next steps then when it's time to Yeah. Well, we'll reverse? we pay for the removal as well okay. because we like to think, I mean, it's, it's number one, the right thing to do if you're helping someone get something yeah. that's an implantation, you help them get it out too. Um, but also we're a pregnancy planning program where we want people to have planned pregnancies. We think yeah. that's so great. We love babies. So um, we'll pay for the removal as well. And you go to the clinic that you part that we're partnered with or a another clinic that we're partnered with. You don't have to, it just has to be one of our partner clinics. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same one. Um, but, uh, and then you get it out and then they bill us as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know you're not a doctor. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the time frame between? Okay, I, I want to have this removed because mm -hmm. I want to start a family, and mm -hmm. I can I can effectively take a run at it. Yeah, so it's they generally say like a couple months. Okay. Your the reproductive ability that you had prior to getting your Lark method will return. I think uh, for some of the hormonal methods, especially the Depo shot, um, it's probably closer to three months. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not like a hormone that needs time to exit your body, maybe it's sooner, but generally a month, two months, three months, anywhere from when you have your next regular cycle okay, um, is usually a good indicator. But yes, a good question for your doctor as well. But generally people say whatever reproductive ability you had prior to getting your LARC method, it will return. 
that's another um, easy, you know, common misconception yeah. is that it somehow interferes with your ability to bear children after you have it removed, yeah. which is generally not the case. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fantastic. Um, Stephead Tri Cities, relatively new in the in the area. Mm-hmm. What? Tell me about the getting it off the ground mm-hmm. and the growth, and then kind of what the next steps or, or goals are. Yeah, definitely. So, a Step Ahead Foundation um, was started out of Memphis in 2011, um, and so we are a, one affiliate of a system of nonprofits. Okay. Um, we are the sixth and youngest affiliate. Okay. Um, here serving the Tri-Cities region. Um, So the model, the interventions, the mission was all here. And um, a step ahead, Memphis used to have someone called the director of affiliates who would go and help with expansion into new regions. So that person came out here, I think maybe almost even two years ago now, to hold some focus groups and see kind of like how and and where and why and if we could get a chapter here off of the ground. Um, the board was formed in the fall of 2018, okay. maybe. I came on board in June of 2019. Okay. So it just had our one-year anniversary um, awesome. of starting the job, which was really exciting. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, we started offering our clinic partnership resource in December of 2019. Okay. Um, I mean, it's definitely been kind of uh, a really exciting, fun way to get to know the region in a new way. You know, yeah. like we moved here and we were newbies. And we kind of made our, like, home, family, friend community. Um, And then to come back to the workforce and get to know all of the amazing doctors and clinics and public health workers who are on the front lines, like, working to help reduce NAS or reduce teen pregnancy or help increase access to resources or whatever it may have you. I mean, there are so many wonderful, brilliant, and intelligent, welcoming people in this community who are doing incredible work. That's been such a benefit for me coming in kind of as a, you know, a newbie to the region. So I, you know, started in June, we started our clinic resource um, in December, our first partner clinic, we're working with the Sullivan County Health Department, which has been so wonderful um, in helping us get clients in a super really um, easy way. We started doing our outreach pre-COVID. We were going into a lot of facilities, working directly with medication-assisted treatment facilities, inpatient drug and alcohol rehabilitation programs, um, we just started doing groups with the YWCA, which has a really amazing couple, a ton of amazing programs, but we're doing groups with the YW Cares, which is specifically for anyone ages 17 to 24 who's been a victim of violence. Okay. And then also their Moms R Us program, which is specifically for teen parents. Um, so as I said, tons of amazing resources in the community. We get to come in and do this amaz- amazing health education. Um, and that's been a great source of referrals. Referrals also from Instagram and Facebook, referrals from our partner clinics, that sort of thing. So it's been wonderful. Um, Next steps, you know, we have a strong, we have a strong clinic presence, obviously, here in Washington County. Um, We have, and Sullivan County as well. Um, It's definitely a balance between expanding the resource to everyone who needs it and and keeping up with the fundraising part. So that's going to be an interesting challenge over the next year, especially you know, due to COVID, um, there's economic uh, consequences that I don't think we've even start, you know, seen the full range of, of course. Um, so one thing that unfortunately goes when people cut down their budgets yeah. is is giving. So we're just going to have to get creative. We have some really exciting ideas um, for virtual fundraisers that will be that we'll be spreading the word about in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, just as with everything else, I really, truly feel like our community is so invested in the health and wellness of each other yeah. 
um, and that we can really, uh, that we can all lean on each other during this time. And this is such an important resource. I've had so many women call me and say, I really, like, I can't use a hormonal method, so I need to get the copper IUD, but I can't afford it. Like, yeah. will you help me? Like, of course. Yeah, that's exactly what we're here for. But, you know, just anecdotally, the financial concern for getting a LARC method is so prevalent. I don't have insurance. I can't afford this, but okay. I know this is the right choice for me. Can yeah. you help me? Yeah. Um, that's the main message that we're getting. Yeah. Um, and if that's coming from our community, if that's what we need, like, I, I really, truly believe that that the that the development, the fundraising aspect will be there to meet it. Yeah. Because, you know, we care about each other. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're going to take care of each other. And if yeah. that's helping women get the pregnancy prevention method that they feel is right for them, like, then we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and like you said earlier, every dollar that you invest, mm-hmm. it's an investment in the the, the community health. Yes. Um, it, it, the, the community gets healthier and stronger if people aren't having uh, pregnancies that, that, that aren't intended or, you know, are, are consequences of just unfortunate situations. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it really is an investment in the, the health of the overall community. So yeah. well, that's great. Um, well, I appreciate you stopping by the studio. Um, and um, yeah, just excited about what you're doing and the service that you offer. And um, uh, where can people find you? You can find us uh, all over the internet. <laughs> um, org is our website. You can find us at Cities on Instagram. A Step Ahead Tri-Cities on Facebook. I just got us a TikTok account. I haven't posted anything <laughs> on it yet. But yeah. if you're on TikTok, stay tuned because that is, we'll, we'll see what we do. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, you can find us. Um, please come follow us on Instagram. See what we're doing. Come to a virtual fundraiser. Tell your friends about us. Give me a call. We're here. Yeah, yeah. we're here. Awesome. Maggie Wood, thank you so much for thank stopping you. by. Thank you. All right.